This is episode 163 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 163 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Bina Mystery on the show, and Bina is a relatively new investor, but she's hit the ground running. She did have a couple of investments from way back, but really started to kick things up a notch in 2020. And in today's discussion, we talk about how she's grown, how she's adjusted her goals, as well as the possibilities that exist with her existing properties. So one of the discussions, which she wasn't really expecting us to get into, was a property that she has that might have the potential to sever. We talked about what goes into that, how you might look at that opportunity and how you might kind of exploit that opportunity to get the optimal value out of it. So I thought that was a really cool and interesting discussion and uh, sort of just came up completely organically. So I hope you enjoy it and enjoy the overall interview. Just a quick note and a reminder to those that are new to the podcast and new to real estate investing, I highly recommend you go right back to the beginning and work your way through at least the first 20 episodes, but ideally just keep working your way through the podcast. There's been so many great guests on, and I know they've helped a lot of investors. Uh, A lot of people reach out to me and tell me how big of a difference that's made. And if you could also please take a moment and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, give it five stars, uh, tell people what you think. It'll help more people to find it. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell, and leave a comment to help get that algorithm working for this podcast as well. So without further ado, let's jump into episode 163 with Bina Mystery. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Bina Mystery on the show. Bina, thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. It's my uh, first podcast, so uh, a little bit nervous, but uh, Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. That's all right. Yeah, you know what? Um, This is all free flow. I know we were just talking about that before we started. There's no instructions here. Um, I actually like to just get to know people on the podcast and and kind of see what you're up to. So um, anyways, yeah, if you don't mind, um, first off, could you just tell me what you're into real estate wise? Like what type of projects you have? um, What what do you got in your portfolio? Perfect. Um, so we have quite a few properties in our portfolio. It's my husband and I who, who do this together. Um, I would say most recently we're focused on small multifamily outside of the GTA. So we've got a couple okay. in Hamilton, Kitchener, Waterloo. Um, but actually the first property that was our investment property, so to say, is a condo in downtown Toronto. Okay. Um, it used to be our primary residence, but we kept it on when we moved. And so we've been landlords for that property for quite some time now. So we do have that condo. Um, and then we also have a student rental in Peterborough. Um, so we have a bit of a mix of different things. I think from our perspective, if the numbers make sense and the deal is good and we can manage it, we kind of go for it. Uh, in total, we have eight, eight properties in total. Okay. Nice. And how long have you been at it? So I would, so I would call us like investors, aggressive investors for about 18 months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I would say probably newer, but as I mentioned, the uh, the condos that we've had that we previously lived in, those we've been renting out for for years. So since 2014, so I've been a landlord since 2014. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So have so, a bit of experience. Yeah. So 2014 was a start, mm-hmm. and then you really kicked it on in 2020, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what what did you have going into 2020? Like two properties, and then everything since then, or. Yeah, I had two condos in 2020 plus our primary residence. So that's what okay. we had. And then when, uh, when my husband and I decided that we wanted to actually do something in real estate and be aggressive and create a future for us that made a little bit more sense, um, that's when we started to educate ourselves 
Um, and I think the thing that made most sense for us in terms of, you know, getting a property, not only that would appreciate well, but give us good cash flow would be a, a multifamily. So we started with the duplex mm-hmm. in 2020. It was off market. It was funny. And we, I actually found it on Facebook and then connected with the person. And uh, I, I laugh about it today that I bought my first investment property off Facebook, but that's exactly what happened. Um, and so that was, that was the duplex. Yeah. Nice. And that was in Cambridge. Yeah. That one's in Cambridge. And then yeah, you have other stuff yeah. in Kitchener, Waterloo as well. Yeah. I have a single family home in Kitchener and then I have another duplex in Hamilton. Yep. And then okay. I've got a couple of properties that I, uh, that I JV as well too. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. tell me about these, uh, these first few, like how did you said you came across Facebook for Kitchener? Um, mm-hmm. what type of property? So it's, it's in Cambridge. It is a duplex and it's a, it's a duplex on a large, I would say it's a small home on a large lot, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's a legal non-conforming duplex. How did we come across it? Okay. So I think it was the numbers made sense. It was posted off market. Um, the numbers made a lot of sense. So we went to go see it. And, um, you know, I think we were getting into something that, to be honest with you, we weren't really sure what to expect out of yeah. it. It's an older home, like it's a hundred year old home. So like the things that could go wrong at a home, you never really know. Um, we did the full inspection. The person who was actually um, selling it off market was very knowledgeable about what the home, you know, what the home needed and, and what kind of uh, work would be required and, and that effort from our part. So we felt a little bit more comfortable having someone who sort of felt like had our back okay. um, getting going into that purchase. It had tenants in it. So that was the one thing that I was kind of questionable about, uh, questioning, but the tenants were paying market rent. So we were okay to take on those tenants. Um, and then knowing that we would eventually burn that property when the tenants leave. Okay. Now, so you said a hundred years old, had there been a renovation done at some point? There was an extension done on the home. Um, and at some point they had created the two units. So it was like an upper and lower unit. So they did some work for separation, but that's okay. about it. Yeah. Anyone in the basement or the units are no, above grade? No, it was like a crawl space basement. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. units are above grade. Uh, what was the yeah. total, like what were the rents on the building? So we get 1550 in the lower unit and 1220 in the upper unit. Okay. And the tenants pay their own hydro. Yeah. Okay. And what'd you buy that for? 460. Okay. And uh, so you didn't do any rentals yet? Not yet. No, no. And Lots of upside. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like there's, there's some room to, to play there because that's a pretty reasonable mm-hmm. price for Cambridge in 2020. Mm-hmm. What, um, what do you figure it's worth now? I'm going to say it's probably in the sixes now. Okay. Yeah. So we'll say yeah. like 600 on the low end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if, if, and have you refinanced it? No, I haven't refinanced it yet. So this is an interesting property. So it's on a huge lot. It's on a hundred by hundred lot. So that was the other advantage of taking on this property. It's a corner lot and it has like a site specific zoning, if you're familiar with that. So we're actually allowed to create uh, another unit, another, not another unit, but like it's zoned for a semi basically. So we can okay. actually put up another property like adjacent to the one that's already there. Would you need and to sever the lot? No. No, you don't no. need to sever it. You can just no. you can just add another unit yeah. right next to your semi-detached. Now, exactly. is that architecturally yeah. possible or reasonably the space possible? Is there. Yeah, the space is there. But yeah. you would have to join it to your existing building. Correct. It has to be joined. Yeah. 
yeah, have you dealt with the city much on what that's going to look like? I have talked to people in the city quite a few times. Um, they have seemed to indicate that it's fine. I've talked to a designer as well, too. Uh, the thing with me is this property, because it has tenants, it would be something that we would be doing as soon as those tenants leave and then really get in, mm. into the details to see like what's possible here. Yeah. Oh, you could just do it while they're there. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what you could I, do? I, like, I, you like, could do all the prep and yeah. like literally even have the yeah. permit issued and then go approach them and say, look, we're about to start something that you're not going to want to be here for. <laughs> you're, um, you're like the third person go? has told me that. Yeah. yeah. And it's definitely an option, but you know what? It, I had the, the tenants who are paying like amazing rent downstairs at 1550 plus hydro. They're an old disabled couple. Mm-hmm. So I have this part of me where it's like, oh, I'm not going to kick them out. Like I feel, I would feel so awful to kick them out. They've also told me that they're probably only going to be there for another year or two. Yeah. So we're sort of using that as the opportunity to like prepare ourselves, get ready for a couple yeah. of years from now doing a, doing a big expansion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it were me and obviously like do what you're, what you're comfortable with, but I'd be sending mm-hmm. in the designers and engineers like now to, to mm-hmm. literally sketch out the whole place, put it on CAD. And then uh, start mocking up designs that might work, come up with the one that works, get everything engineered and done, full approval and uh, survey if you need it. Hopefully they don't need it, but they probably will. Um, And then, yeah, you just just do it all. And then it's like seamless. And you could even start and do some of the work that doesn't tie the units together beforehand and then kind of like save that part and give them notice when you start say, hey, uh, by all means, stay. We will just need into the unit for this, this and this. And yeah. yeah, that, that would be how I would approach that in, in your earning income the whole way, right? Like, why not keep right. them in there if yeah. they can tolerate it? I mean, there's going to be some annoyance there, especially when you do the tie into the roof, if you're tying the roofs in. Um, yeah, it, it's going to get noisy, but. Yeah, no, it's a good, good plan. Yeah, for sure. It is possible. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just brainstorming, yeah. solving, solving your non-problem for you. <laughs> Amazing. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I love talking about those, those kind of things, like the execution of these, uh, these type of things. And it's I me- like projects like that. Cause that's fun. Like, it's like, how are we going to make this, this like two buildings instead of one? And, exactly. Uh, it's a cool, it's a fun, interesting project. We're looking forward to doing yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you going to have windows on that side of the building that are going to be compromised by this? I don't think so. Like the home oh. next to it is kind of pushed towards the other side of the lot. So I think there might be enough space, Yeah, but I don't know for sure. But you've got yeah. to join them yeah. somewhere. Like, are you going to just try and do like a little five foot breezeway to join the two units so that you're like minimal intrusion on the other unit? I think it, actually has to be attached from what, no, I what i'm saying it would still be joined yeah. but by like yeah. just a five foot little breezeway that connects them yeah so it'll still be connected oh, interesting. Just, interesting. just only on yeah. a five foot stretch so i mean in my experience yeah you, you're going to want to minimize um the connection yeah. if you can but you got to talk to zoning about that and see what they'll yeah. allow because that's it yeah. all comes down to what zoning's going to approve yeah that's, that's a good idea Good questions. <laughs> this fun stuff. <laughs> I didn't think we were and, and going what, this direction with this. No, but, neither uh, did I. It, yeah. No, but it's absolutely possible. Uh, it's a great conversation. And, and at one point, I thought I could sever the lot. Like it, 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 it's big enough that you possibly could, and it's on a corner lot, so I could yeah. possibly sever the back and have that face on the other side street. You might but still then it be able to give. I might be able to. It's just the parking. It, it would. It would. I think compromise where the, the cars would be able to park. It's something that they could park. Into. Could yeah. they park in? Because if you're on a side street, could they drive in from yeah. the side street and park behind the house? That's where the other lot would be, though. If we, if oh, we the lot would be that. behind. 
yeah, it would have to yeah. be one facing one side of the street and one facing the other side of the street. Yeah. So if you severed them, you'd have two lots that are 50 by 100. Is that right? There you go. There you yeah. go. Yep. 50, yeah, though, but the I mean, 50 is a pretty wide. Right? 50 is pretty good. Like the frontage of one would be 100. The frontage of the other would be 50. Yeah. Oh, okay. So one of them is just wide and not deep. And the other one is, uh, okay. That's okay. the way, that's the yeah. only way that we could make it work potentially yeah. with the parking. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, gone to like a designer to try and get them to mock it up? No, not yet. I've talked to some designers, but we haven't actually taken that step yet. Yeah. That's next. It's next. Yeah. yeah. Do you want me yeah. to move on or you want to... <laughs> Oh, it's totally fine. Whatever, I'm, whatever sure. I'm putting you on the spot here. That's okay. No, it's good. You could tell it's you good. tweak my interest with this. Uh, <laughs> so it's, I, I think that's the scary one for me is, is going through all that. Cause that's new for us. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's due, like it's, it's going to be up and coming pretty soon. And you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. In terms of like doing as much as I can to get me, you know, X yeah. percentage of the way there before, uh, you know, before they leave. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, the opportunity is there. So. Well, that's my wheelhouse. So you can, yeah. you can feel free to, uh, yeah. to ask. And um, I just helped somebody else go through a very similar process uh, on several properties and he's crushing oh, it. So, uh, oh, there's a dog. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a problem. Um, okay. So as far as the zoning on that one, you said mm -hmm. you did look up the zoning of it. Yeah. Um, what, what does yeah. that zone allow for in that specific zone? So it's an R4 and it's a site, it says site specific zoning. The city okay. has described, I can have a semi-detached. So okay. So no other possibilities, property. nothing else. What is, what is the required frontage for that zone? Uh, 35, I believe. Seems like you're big enough. Um, uh, yeah. Have you yeah. got, cause what you could do, and here's the option B and this, I think people following along with this might be interested in this too. Um, so option B is to figure out what the zoning would be and then mock up a potential footprint of a house that would go on your severed lot if you did it. So that's kind of yeah. how that severance process would start. Um, if you can find a way to make a conforming house, meaning if there's a gross floor area maximum or a total lot area coverage uh, maximum, and then you have all your setbacks, side setback, front setback, side yard setback, um, the only thing with the side yard, because you're fronting on the side street or mm -hmm. you, have, you have a greater setback. But if there is a way, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever sketched it. If there is a way to lay out a house on that lot, even if you need a small minor variance, like say you're a foot off on your setback, um, you could get that approved. And since you have renters, there's no rush. So you could spend two years getting that done and then you get it severed. And now all of a sudden you can build a brand new house on that lot and it's disconnected and then sell it. And then amazing. Now, now all so of a sudden, much potential. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, a big freebie and, you know, a huge add to your real estate portfolio. If Absolutely. You, if you want it. So I love yeah. hearing those stories. I've yet to have that kind of thing happen to me, but okay. Okay, I'll just keep putting it out. Into for, the sure. for sure. Just, you gotta, you gotta look for those large lots. And I think that was the reason why yeah. we were willing to take the leap and jump into this home that we we, we didn't really feel a hundred percent sure about because the home itself is so old, mm -hmm. but the potential, it was the potential that we, that we, yeah. uh, that sucked us in. Yeah. Said this on the last two episodes. I'll say it again. Now buy, buy, uh, buy land, buy land, right? buy houses yeah. with extra land, like same project. If you can get one with extra land, take that one. Yeah. Uh, you never know, right down the road, they might change your zoning completely. And now that's a, a no brainer extra lot. And now all of a sudden, maybe you could do two triplexes, right? So who knows? Yeah. Um, so very Excellent. cool. I liked, uh, I liked hearing about that one. So that one's turned out pretty well for you. You're already in a really good position, lots of equity. Um, as far as cash flow, yeah. let's just kind of work out how that looks for you. So you're yeah. 2770. Um, 
what are your property taxes there? Ooh, good question. I think they're thirty two hundred. Okay. And insurance wise. So insurance, I pay a hundred dollars a month on that one. Okay. It's a nice rate. Yeah, it's um, like an alumni TD rate. Anyone who's interested oh, yeah. in low insurance who isn't in, in like alumni benefits, go to TD. Which yeah. alumni are you? Uh, University of Waterloo. Waterloo. Okay, they have one for yeah. Western too. Yeah, I have them for car. Not like, for I feel like they have yeah. one for all the institutions, and then also if you have like multiple properties and then multiple yeah. products, you get three discounts. Yeah. Oh, that's all that's right. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, they had pretty good rates in my experience, yeah. but they would they didn't like some of the rental property stuff I was doing, so I eventually switched mm. away. But especially mm-hmm. student rentals, like you can't, I couldn't disclose no. that to them. So, like, well, you can, you have to disclose it, and then they tell you no, they don't do that. <laughs> um, okay, so utilities, I put ten percent for maintenance on that just because it's a little older. Yeah. But um, yeah. utilities, what are you uh, what are you paying there? So water is about a hundred bucks a month. Gas is probably about 110 and then the tenants pay hydro. Okay. So that's about 2,500 a year. Um, anything for management? Nope. You're self-managing? Yep. Okay. And uh, landscaping, snow removal. Are you doing any they, of that? Nope. They do it all. Okay. And then you, I just like to throw in that 500 miscellaneous. Yeah. So you said worth 600 at the low end. Um, are you 80% financed? Yes. Well, I, I guess you would go back and do 80% if you were to. So you, yes. you have you yes. have some equity in this deal right yes. now. Correct. Um, yeah. Or some money, I should say, that you've put in. Uh, okay. So if you were to go back and refi, uh, based on the 600, uh, 480 uh, would be your principal amount, 30 RAM. I'm guessing we'll do like 2.25-ish. You'd be like a break even if you refinanced, but you'd have no money in the deal. In fact, you'd have 20 mm-hmm. grand out of the deal. So mm-hmm. sweet. It's real estate that pays. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that one got you, uh, got you interested. Now, what do you do for full-time work outside of all this? Ooh, good question. Um, I work, I work for the ministry of health. So I'm a public care, healthcare worker. Yeah. Not okay. frontline. Yeah. But that's, okay. that's the full-time nine to five. Yep. Okay. And your yep. husband. And so that's an interesting story. So my husband is actually a financial executive who left his job in February of this year to take on day trading. Really? Yeah. Is that what he's doing right now? Why he's not here? That's what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> oh no, that, not, not this very moment, but yeah, yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. So is he, yeah. is he uh, doing like the options trading that he's like, an Irwin options trader? Them? Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know what, I don't know how, like if there's multiple types of options trading, yeah. but yes, he does. He does the every morning, you know, as the market's moving like crazy first thing at nine 30, that's what he's doing. Okay. So many yeah. people in these circles doing that. I, I feel like the real estate as stock market trading combination is, mm-hmm. is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, for sure. It is like, especially in yeah. my circles, like people I talk mm-hmm. to, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's harder to find somebody who isn't doing it than somebody mm-hmm. who is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which, which is interesting. I mean, I'm in that category of not doing it. So I guess I'll be the person I find that's not, but, <laughs> um, but it definitely seems to make money. Well, yeah. And especially during COVID, right? By when the market is low. So that's, uh, that's what happened. When did he start doing yeah. that? Well, he's been interested in trading for quite a while. Um, we've had an extensive portfolio of long-term stocks, I would say for quite a while now. Um, but the day trading was, I think, honestly, it was, it was, 
the onset of COVID. It was the ability to have a little bit more flexibility, you know, working from home. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he took some of that on and, and learned and got a coach and a mentor. And, uh, and it, I mean, it's been, it's been great. I think when you're, when you have the type of job that he does and make the salary that he does, and you see when you're doing your taxes that like more than half of what you make goes to the government. And you're always mm-hmm. looking at like, how can I do things differently? Right. How can I keep more money in my pocket? Mm-hmm. He's um, he has a business degree by background. So I think he's always had a natural knack for these types of things. And, uh, and that was it. And then there were some changes in his uh, kind of corporate lifestyle and corporate job at the time. And, and he had an out and he took it. Yeah. Okay. So he, yeah. he was able to get a nice little package out of it and then make his Something transition. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And I don't know if it's going to be like a forever kind of thing. Mm. Right. But at least right now, his, his focus is really on the, really on that in trading. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Just how setting do you, up a different lifestyle. Yeah. How do you find time for what you're doing in real estate while you're working? I'm assuming full time. Full time. It is a huge juggle. Um, I think I would say at the beginning when when both of us really decided that we were going to we were going to invest our time in really scaling the portfolio, that's when a lot of things shifted, right? So it wasn't even just about finding the time to work on real estate. It was just looking at our life holistically and understanding like where are we spending our time and how are we spending our time and how can we make better use of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, the the easiest thing I would say is you know we would we would put the kids to sleep. I have two small kids. We put the kids to sleep, clean up around the house and maybe like watch a couple of shows. So that was like the first thing that left. Like we, we cut cable and it was, and it wasn't even a hard decision, but so like the, the couple of hours in the evening where I used to be watching TV, now we're reading or now we're on podcasts or listening to mm-hmm. podcasts or uh, webinars or talking to people, networking, all of that happens kind of around that time. Um, in the evening. And I would say like maybe lunch hour, you know, if I have a break in the lunch hour, I would uh, start looking at some deals and look some, look up some deals in the morning as well too. So it's like wherever I can kind of fit it around the nine to five, that's how I've been juggling it. Okay, It's not easy. It's not easy. We do property visits. If I had to do a property visit, it's uh, it would be a day off of work or a half day off of work or, or a weekend kind of thing yeah. where we all get in the car and we, we drive around and see some properties. Yeah. So we're doing this during a business day. Are you supposed to be at work right now? good question <laughs> i work from home i've blocked up one hour one hour for you <laughs> when this is dead we're gonna go back to the office uh, the virtual just, office i'm just giving yeah. you a hard time no i know uh, it's all good don't worry no one i work with uh knows too much about knows too much i can about cut that estate, part out so. if you want no i don't mean it in that way i just mean they don't really know that i have real estate portfolio and support so yeah, yeah. So they're not paying attention to, to this. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So um, yeah, that, that's obviously a challenge, right? You got to you got to put it all in. And I'm with you there. On like, I do like we will occasionally watch like something before we go to bed. But um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't I don't sit around and watch much TV. Like yeah, for me, it's just like I wish I had more more hours in the day so I could listen to more content, read mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally find I don't know how you find it, but I find it retain more if I actually do read but I don't mm-hmm. read nearly as fast mm-hmm. as I can consume through audio. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a mix I need to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm instead of, um, instead of like putting the radio or on or putting on Spotify and listening to music while we're cooking dinner or, you know, fully the laundry now it's podcasts. So like, mm-hmm. I'll listen to your podcast while I'm prepping dinner and it's yeah. just an easy way to, to get and retain and keep that information. Yeah. And, and when you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. 
Yeah. When you hear it, when you hear it a few times and then, and then maybe I'm assuming you reach out to some of the people that uh, are on the show and, and connect. Always, always, always connecting. And and that's actually been like the, honestly, the best part of this whole journey is Mm -hmm. um, the, the social media side just made it a really easy to connect to people and the network that you grow through that whole, uh, that's that, that new like social media landscape, which never was the case before. Right. Um, yeah. that's just been, it, that's been amazing. Like the friendships that we've developed. And I would say that I have learned, you know, like, you know, I've done paid training, I've done, you know, webinars and here and there, but the, the value that I get out of mm-hmm. connecting with people, talking to people, networking is, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's definitely a, a place for paid training. I feel like more paid coaching, um, selectively, but, um, yeah, the information, like you said, that's available today, you used to have to pay like mm-hmm. $30,000 and run to the back of the room for this kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, I seen that kind of stuff. I, I've, I've been to those run to the back of the room uh, sessions. And, you know, that was one of my motivations when I started this is like, uh, people are just complicating something that doesn't need to be complicated. Uh, yeah. But of course, everybody needs a good kick in the butt. So, um, totally. you know, there's always totally. room for coaching. And I, I, you know, I definitely think that that's, it's better to, to learn from somebody who's done it and done it well than it is to make our own mistakes. Yeah. If we can, of course, yeah. we're never going to, we're never going to not make all mistakes. We're going to have to make some, but well, you got to learn through them too as well. Yeah. They're great teachers. They're just painful and unfortunate sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> okay. So after you did Cambridge, you were into, was it, did you say Hamilton was next? Yeah. So we, we purchased our Hamilton duplex that was in the summer, but prior to that, actually, what we ended up doing is connecting with a couple of, um, maybe more ad- advanced or intermediate real estate uh, investors and doing a couple of JVs. Mm-hmm. So then I did a JV uh, on a triplex in Brantford and a fourplex in Sault Ste. Marie. And these were bigger projects And people, you know, people ask us, you know, why would you JV if you could go and buy it on your own? And, and for us, it was a couple of different things. These were large projects where it was almost like a, a full gut kind of burr. That's that's in the works. Mm-hmm. It was needing to get the tenants out, possibly some evictions, um, and that wasn't something that we were ready to take on ourselves at the time. And so we partnered with someone who has a lot of experience in that space, and those were the next two properties. So that was kind of early 2021. Yeah. Okay. So, of, yeah. You said Sault Ste. Marie, and what? Where was the other one? Brantford. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're. Uh, did you live? in toronto still yeah yeah Yeah, still in toronto yeah so you're kind of all over the place here i'm kind of all over the place (laughs) i know i know a lot of people are like pick your niche and find your market and i get it and that makes sense i think like depending on your strategy and how you want to scale um but um i think for the jvs it didn't matter for us where they were because we weren't the ones that were going to be on the ground you were not acting partners so you were the, the the passive money partner we were the passive money partners yes yes Okay. So you're taking 50% of the deal. Yes. Okay. And uh, under the condition that it it was a learning opportunity. And I think that was the thing that I, that made it easier for us beyond those two properties to take on properties that needed work. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I learned about tenant management and tenant evictions, right. About, um, you know, the burr process or like, how do you even start that you know, mm-hmm. if you wanted to get the people out and um, figure out, you know, what's the highest, best use of your property and how you're going to navigate yeah. that. And, yeah. So it's been a great learning experience being, you know, being that passive partner, but you still have the opportunity yeah. to take 
what role you want to take so long as your yeah. active partner is okay with that. And I think that's been really yeah. beneficial. That's where I've actually learned quite a bit because um, I'm there. I've been to the properties. Well, not the Sault Ste. Marie one, but the Brantford one. So I've been to the Brantford yeah. property. I've been there when the contractors have been there. So you get that kind of exposure. So that, and that's, and I actually did that purposefully to set me up for when I do that for Cambridge. That makes sense. Right. Okay. So yeah. you're, oh, you just want to be ready for when the big project comes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. find these active JV partners that you're working with? So again, just through social media and networking. And um, so I, I reached out, I've reached out to quite a few people. I think that was like one of my goals when I was starting is just to make sure that I talk to people and learn and connect and get my voice mm-hmm. out there and hear what they have to say. But that's honestly how I met um, my JV partner that I have today yeah. is through um, social media. I think she posted something about, you know, looking for JV partners and then get on the phone and, and we talk. And, and I think that I had done that with quite a few, but with her, I really connected and we really connected. And I felt like, you know, mm-hmm. at least that deal specifically was, was going to be the one for us. Yeah. I feel like this is somebody I know. You probably, everyone knows it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to say her name, but I don't know if I should say her name because I don't know if she'll be okay with that, but that's fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, uh, we're on the same page here. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, okay, so so you and that's the Sault Ste. Marie one or the Brantford one? Both of them, same JV. Both. Of them. Yes, okay. the Sault Ste. Marie one. Like she found an amazing deal. We got the Sault Ste. Marie house. It's a fourplex for three thirty nine. Mm-hmm. The rents on that are eleven hundred per unit, so forty four hundred. So that was kind of like a no brainer. We kind of just like swooped in and did that. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. And there, it, it, what's the expected reno on that one? Or is it already That done? one's a small reno. So that one was estimated, I think, 25K. Just needed some paint, I believe, yeah. and a couple of washroom updates in some of the units. Yeah, that's it. And the end value, do you know? Well, so that one was off market as well, too. We were told that on market that would have sold for almost five at the time. And that was a year ago. Okay, so you have not refied yet? No, not at all. Yeah, no, we're still in the in the process of um, getting a couple of the tenants out, painting, okay. and getting them back in. Yeah. So if you did get the five hundred thousand dollar value, then you'd get thirty six thousand dollars back. So you're going to get your money back on this deal and retain fifty yeah. percent ownership. Is that right? Yep. That's and you're how it refinancing works. it in your name. We will. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Get all your money back. I mean, now, did you put it in a corporation or is it actually in your personal name? So these are in the corporation. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of good. Create some separation. And then you can also isolate banks and and what certain banks know. I know I shouldn't say these things out loud, but... It's okay. We all know it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not advice. It's all good. Not advice. Just an observation. There's always ways to work around it. Yeah. 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 The don't ask, don't tell philosophy sort of... Um, okay. So, so you, um, in that process, so you were kind of Cambridge started, created these JVs and then also bought into Hamilton. That's one of your own projects mm-hmm. as well. That's and one what, of our own projects. And what's yeah. that project look like? So that one is a, probably the most recent purchase that we've made. Um, so that again is a duplex in uh, a little bit outside of the downtown area. Already done. Like already done duplex. Um, no, I mean it's not newly renovated. There's lots of room for upside, but there's tenant it's tenantable, basically. Okay. Yeah. So and I think that's the ones that we buy on our own, I would say that's sort of been our strategy so far is to get in quick 
and have some things that are tenantable right away where tenants can pay market rent mm-hmm. um, with the opportunity to renovate them a little bit later on. And yeah. that really stemmed from um, being able to buy really quickly now, right? Because mm-hmm. next year that the same house is going to go for like 50, 60, 75 K more. We yeah. have the, like, we have capital available to be able to just acquire as many as we can right now and then turn them around as we need to when the yeah. are. Yeah. So you're not in a rush to get perfect burrs. You just have capital no, available that you want to put to work. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so you'd rather so, come in quickly at a lower price point. Yeah. Right. So are you, you're, so you're comfortable putting in the 20% and yeah. you just want to get a good deal and exactly. it's going to cash flow. It's going to cash flow if you put down 20%. All, yeah. So the two things that we care about right now is cash flow and um, debt service ratio. And that's just, you mm-hmm. know, for the banks. Okay. So the duplex mm-hmm. you bought, what was the purchase mm-hmm. price on that? 700. 700. And was this mm-hmm. on market, off market? This was on the market. Okay. So yes. no renovations yet. It's just... I have not done anything. Yep. Nothing. Yep. Okay. Just some paint. What, just some paint. <laughs> okay. So we'll call it a thousand bucks. <clears throat> yep. All right. Um, what, what was your... Um, rent payment or sorry, what are you collecting rent wise? Uh, I am collecting 3,200. So 18 up 15 down. That's not bad at all. 33. Yeah. That's not bad. (laughs) Excuse me. Now, of course it's a high ticket price uh, to get in there, but at the same time, if you're, um, if you're, if you're basically uh, okay to leave the 20% in, then it should still cash flow. All right. Uh, and that, and that's the actual, yeah, that's what it is. So we were, we're okay, okay to have the cash in, we go in at a higher price point, but the, yeah. the rents are decent and the uh, tenants pay all the utilities. What's the, uh, what's the taxes on that one? That one is ballpark. I got to look it up. I think close to four. 4,000. Okay. We'll say 4,000. Yeah, let's just say four. I think that's on the higher end, but let's say four. Insurance like 1500 or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For the yeah. Year. And then mm-hmm. maintenance, I'll leave that at 10% just to, mm-hmm. cause it's older. Are you, you said you're not paying any utilities. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Leave that at zero. Um, okay. No landscaping, snow removal. Tenants do that. Management. There's nothing to manage. Self-managed. Us. Okay. So Self-managed. You how are you yep. collecting rent? Is it uh, e-transfers? E-transfer. Checks? Yeah. Always e-transfer. Yeah. That gets annoying though. I don't like chasing e-transfers. <laughs> you know what i have two tenants right now that i'm always chasing yeah yeah Yeah. see that's the thing like those like those annoyances would just drive me insane so i'm just like okay that's it we're all doing automatic withdrawal (laughs) and it was like you couldn't necessarily get the existing ones you couldn't necessarily get the existing ones but whenever you get a new tenant in you just say i collect rent this way is that all right with you and yeah, if they say anything about yes, funny. that will factor into my decision of whether or not they'll be my tenant. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and it's funny that you say that because the two tenants I'm always chasing for rent are the yeah. two tenants that I inherited. Yeah. Yeah. You'll always have a better go at it when you place your yeah. tenant. Like that's something yeah. I learned as I go. Like it's, it is worth it to be involved in the placement of the tenant in your unit. Yeah. I mean, I know once yeah. you get to a certain level, you just won't be, but early on, like in your first 10 units or first 10 houses, I think that um, it makes a lot of sense to get involved in that part mm-hmm. still delegate mm-hmm. everything else. But, yeah. um, but you know, it's good that, that they see a face, you set the expectations. And then later on, as you delegate and you get really good help, you can kind of phase that out and, and have mm-hmm. them do it. Absolutely. Uh, very cool. Plan. So yeah. on this one, it looks like you've got, you know, a couple hundred bucks in cash flow. So nothing crazy, but it's not, it's not requiring anything of you. You don't have to pay it. Nothing. 
And uh, that's a nice place to be. And then, of course, you're going to get likely capital appreciation as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your return on investment on this one, if like I'm calculating it, including your pay down, including a 3% appreciation, which we both know is low uh, mm-hmm. based on current, and then um, your actual cash flow. So cash flow, pay down, and appreciation. I got about 24% return on investment, mm-hmm. which again, that's that's based on getting 3% appreciation. If you get 10, then all of a sudden your rate, your returns up to 56%. Right. So crazy. Yeah. We're in we, you know, with the printing presses on the money going like crazy, right? it's, uh, <laughs> it won't be surprising if if Who that knows? comes true. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. if people wanted to reach you, where do we send them? To the Instagram account, I think that makes the most sense. Instagram, a, so a a yeah. b dot investors. Yep. Okay, so Bina, anything you would like to share? Wisdom, something you wished I'd asked you about um, before we wrap up? Um, wisdom. I would just say, if I had to tell anyone who's starting out, just put yourself out there. Like, connect with people as much as you can. Don't be shy. I know there's a lot of people that I've connected with myself. They're maybe more shy or introverted. But don't be, we all started somewhere and that's how we all kind of got where we are right now. And uh, the social media part of it has just been amazing in terms of the connections that you can make and what you learn. So I would say that's probably my advice. And to be proud. I mean, be proud of where you are right now, Mm -hmm. whoever you are, in terms of whether or not you've made moves in real estate or you're just learning. And if you look back at kind of how you've grown, I think we all need to sort of take a moment and appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and you've done mm-hmm. a lot quickly. Like today, I feel like I've interviewed so many people that just move so yeah. quick. You know, they yeah. just, like they just started. You know, the beginning of like the first lockdown, or you know, 2020, yeah. and and have gone so far. So, um, I'm always impressed to see that just how quickly people can make change in their life when they decide, okay, it's time. And that's it. It's that one decision that you've made. And then it's, you kind of, I don't know, at least for us, it's like, we were like, okay, we made this decision. And then we just sort of moved mm-hmm. aggressively. Um, and, uh, and people are, have lots of fear. I think for us, we probably had FOMO if I, if I had to classify it yeah. in terms of like, oh my God, we wanted to do everything. And we're like, oh, we're going to do clicks and burrs and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so what we, clicked though? We, like what clicked? What was the moment that you guys like, okay, we're doing this. It was COVID. It okay. really was COVID. It was, we were home. I have two small kids. We had both at the time we had full-time jobs and we were expected to do it all. No help. We weren't seeing anyone mm-hmm. at the time. This was wave one. And I think we had a moment where like, this is, this doesn't make sense. Like this isn't the lifestyle. I couldn't even be, mm-hmm. I was, I felt like I was not good at anything. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't being the mom that I needed to be. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, in my nine to five job, you know, there were compromises that had to be made. My husband and I were balancing our schedules to make sure that we were home with the kids. And it was, it was just a juggle. And we were, you know, I think it, it took a moment, but we had a conversation one day and he's like, I really don't want to do this like this. And, and I was like, I don't want to either. And he's like, I want to trade. And I was like, well, I want to make beautiful homes. So we, we kind of just took that and said, well, how are we going to make this happen? I love and, it. and we're, and we're ambitious. So I feel like we're the ones that, you know, would put as much as we can into it to try to, to achieve that goal as quick as possible. I think and we're still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I love to hear it. You know, like people with yeah. ambition, like they're not going to be stopped. And that's like a big takeaway I have from today. All the interviews I've done yeah. today yeah. is just like yeah. hearing kind of the same thing over and over again. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if something's complicated. If you're determined, yeah. you just, you'll pick yeah. up that phone until you find a solution. Exactly. And, and the right mindset as well too, right? Just so, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, there is a solution mindset, right? Like I can, exactly. and if, like exactly. the whole, if they can do it, I can do it. And exactly. uh, 
It's not yeah. hard. You just have to put yourself out there and, and be right. optimistic and, and, and open to like learning lessons around the way. And there's going to be failures yeah. and that's fine, but you learn from it. Yeah. yeah. And maybe go on a little out of your comfort zone, right? You don't want to stay exactly. totally in your comfort zone. Otherwise nothing, nothing big ever happens. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so would it be fair to say that your, your process for making these connections was probably hearing people on podcasts such as my own and then, yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, yeah. like reaching out to those people and then kind of proceeding with, with relationships there yeah. and all that. And that was a big step yeah. too, right? Like messaging someone and say like, Hey, I'm Bina. Yeah. And, and wanting to chat and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm glad we had a chance to meet and yeah, um, I sure you. hope we can stay in touch now that, uh, now that we have and, and uh, keep me, uh, keep me in the loop as you guys are doing more deals and, and what you're up to. I'm always interested here. And then of course, if you, uh, if you get going with this, uh, this severance, I, uh, I definitely want to hear about it. Okay. We'll do. I appreciate your advice as well too. And thanks for the opportunity to chat. Okay. No problem. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.